Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Our Seattle Seahawks lost on Thursday night football 26-17 to the Rams. And it was a winnable game too. It You go back to the second quarter at the end of the half. They had a touchdown taken off the board due to a holding call. But then the defense, they give up 13 points in the third quarter. Geno Smith nearly rallies the team back in the fourth. And you have to wonder what would have happened if... Tyler Lockett doesn't get tripped right before that interception. Is Geno Smith able to lead him on another drive after the defense is able to get the Rams off the field with just over two minutes left in the game? Man, it's tough to take, especially seeing Russell Wilson go down. And so I know it's tough to see any kind of good after a loss like that, especially when your starting quarterback is forced out due to an injury. But the fact is, we did see two incredible things on Thursday night football. And we're going to get to those. But after this disappointing loss to the Rams, Pete Carroll, he had a lot to say. First, here's essentially his full recap of what went down on Thursday night. This was a uh, a really disappointing uh, second half for us. Uh, First half of the game kind of went like we had hoped. We'd keep it close and play tough and and see what would happen. Had a chance to be up, you know, uh, save the penalty that, that happened to us right at the end of the half. A really nice two-minute drive would have capped it off well. Um, uh, unfortunately, we you know we didn't get that done. And then the second half, we just didn't. We we had one monster play that happened in the game, and we were in command of the third and ten, and and uh, and we were on top of it and all that. And they make they make a uh, you know I don't know what kind of play that was. It was a very fortunate play and, and, but it changed the field position and gave them a chance. And then they went ahead and scored and, and took advantage of that. Um, that was a huge play in the game, I thought. And, and, uh, unfortunate, the, um, it was an unusual game in that, you know, we played defensively played really well on third down. You know, they, that was one of their con- two conversions in the game. And, and usually that, that gives you a really good chance to play well, like we did in the first half. And, and, uh, but there was just too many, too many big plays Stafford, you know, hitting, uh, both Robert and, uh, and Cooper over the middle. Uh, those plays were just field changing uh, plays and they got in behind us in our zones. Uh, and we didn't have the pressure to, to keep the ball to get it dumped down. So it was just, this football stuff and uh, and the things that we have to we have to fix we have to clean up we got to get better at and we got to make sure that we don't you know we don't allow that to happen again because the second half was a big explosion for them offensively and and uh, uh, we really were in way better control of that and really disappointed that we let that happen. Um, I thought this is a significant night because Russell wasn't able to finish the, uh, the second half. Um, he's got a badly sprained finger that, that you know, we need to figure out. Um, there's well, work to be done in, in, in assessing all of that. Uh, Russell's one of the great healers uh, in the, in, in, of all time, and, and he'll do whatever he can to get back as soon as absolutely possible. The other side of that, Gino did a really, really good job, uh, very much in command. We were able to do all kinds of things with him out there. Uh, he handled uh, all of the communications beautifully and and played really well and and uh um you know we, we had a chance to win a football game with all of that we have a chance to win a football game with the ball in our hands and a couple minutes to go and and uh, unfortunately you know we, we throw an interception when tyler s- slips and you know gets tripped i don't know what happened on the play i couldn't tell but uh I, I do know that they made the big play that changed it um give them credit uh they bounced back from a loss last week and and they did a nice job hanging in this game and, and took advantage of the opportunities when they came and, and uh, you know, that's, they're a good club and we know them and know that. And 
So there's there's stuff for us to fix. There's stuff for me to fix. Um, there, there's there's areas that are just jumped out that, that when they're able to throw the ball over the middle like that, um, they're getting too much time, and we have to and we and we have to do a better job with our backers. And we have to get to the quarterback, so he has to dump the football off, and that did not happen in the second half. And uh, this has been a very good pass protection team. You know, they've only had three sacks all season, and the quarterback doesn't get hit, and they were able to do that in the second half, and that gave them the shot to to get back in it. And they did it so more power to them of course we all saw the finger injury that russell wilson sustained in this game and there were a lot of questions from reporters and pete carroll didn't quite have a lot of information yet he said more work for russell wilson does that mean additional imaging well we just got here you know i mean to the time to assess so i I don't have anything for you at all whatever yeah they'll you know they'll do everything that needs to be done x-rays and all that kind of stuff what was the determinant factor that um, he, he wasn't able to, to hold on to the football the way he needed to to throw it because we were going to throw the ball and we had to throw it all over the place. And uh, we didn't know, you know, what he would be able to do. We was just unsure. And, uh, you know, I trust him that I mean, if he could have, he would have. Does he, did he dislocate the finger at all? Is it out of place or bone? I don't, I don't know that. I'm not going to tell you. I don't know anything, Greg. I really don't know enough about it. I know that it was, you know, it was pretty darn sore. You called Russ one of the great healers of all time. Has his durability and ability to bounce back over the years been one of his kind of hidden traits? Oh, um, he's you, he's been just remarkably uh, durable, and and uh, and but what's the the marvelous part about it is his attitude about how he approaches it. I mean, he is going to heal him. He's going to heal himself, and and. Uh, you know, he, he is the epitome of what the, the mentality taking control of, of how your body functions, man. He just, he makes stuff happen, you know, and does marvelous things. There's, there's a number of players that we've had over years that they just heal better than others. There was a lot of talk leading into this game of whether or not Gerald Everett would be able to face his former team after testing positive for COVID a while back. And Pete Carroll did his best to clear up exactly what Gerald Everett's situation was. What I'll tell you about it, I mean, there's, there's a, it's a, I was in it all the way until one o'clock today. Um, he tested negative again. His, his test will be, um, you know, the test for today will come back tomorrow because it had to go to Burbank to, to get assessed. But that, um, he really kind of got caught in a technicality that, that, uh, because he had been positive, he needed two negative tests back to back. But because he had proven probably the, the test, the first negative test wasn't decisive enough. It, it wasn't a, a powerful enough statement about the, the level that he was at for the docs to okay it. So, the, you know, he was, neg- he was negative. And then he was negative the next day, too. So we had two days in a row. But the first day, didn't they didn't count it. And so the next day was today. And uh, I think, you know, I think some stuff will happen here with the league. They, they, we realized that we were in a difficult situation, you know, because we couldn't get the, te- the today's test to the place in time, you know, be- there's no way. And, uh, so I think they'll, they're going to look at that because, you know, it was a difficult deal. We were, I really was pulling for him. I just wanted that to happen, you know, um, because he had, I think five straight negative Mesa tests, you know, five days. And so, but that wasn't enough. Coach went on to say that he did test negative, but there are thresholds within those negative tests. And so, Everett tested negative, but he didn't test negative enough. That was about as clear as I could understand what Pete was trying to say with regard to the testing. So unfortunately, Everett is going to have to wait until the next matchup with the Rams to take on his former team. 
Moving on to Coach Carroll's thoughts about specific player performances. He was rather lukewarm on Jamal Adams' day. Well, unfortunately, on the big play, you know, he he didn't find his way to the ball. You know, um, you know, they, they were very fortunate that that happened. We were over the top and had the guy doubled and then all that kind of stuff. And they they wound up. I don't even know why he threw it, but the fact that he did and they made a play, you know, give them credit. It's a great play by their quarterback and by Deshaun. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going after any one guy on anything about anything right now. So that's not the time to go after me first. Now, Pete Carroll was much more excited about Alex Collins' performance. I think Alex continues to show good stuff. Everything he does, you know, he, he shows quickness and playmaking ability. Very good in the open field. The screen was a beautiful run. Um, you know, Alex is really doing his job. Coach Carroll was also thrilled with what Geno Smith was able to pull off when called upon in the second half. I went right, I went right to Geno afterwards and just said, you know, you've been waiting a long time for your opportunity. And the, the faith that you've shown in our program and in us to, to stay with us and, and, and all that. Uh, and I'm uh, so proud that he, when he got in there, he did great. He really looked good. And uh, he's been working for that. He, he's a talented football player. He knows our system. He knows if, if Geno's going to play for us some as Russ comes back, um, you know, we're, he showed that we're in good hands and, and, uh, I was just proud for him and, and the fact that he hung with us all this time and, and, uh, and believed in being part of this program. And then when he got his chance, he did well. That was really, that was pretty good. And we're going to get into more Geno Smith talk after the break, that 98 yard drive. That was incredible. And so we're going to get to hear from Geno, just what his thoughts were on leading that drive and really trying to get the team this win that's coming up next. I gotta tell you, out of all the things that I expected to be talking about after this game against the Rams, a 98-yard touchdown drive from Geno Smith was not on that list of things I expected to be talking about. But after the game, we got to hear from Geno about how prepared he felt to take the field. Uh, I felt, you know, ready. You know, been preparing. Um, you know, one thing about me is I always prepare like I'm going to play. You know, never thinking, you never know what can happen. Uh, been around long enough to know that. So, uh, just been preparing. Um, been ready. Uh, I studied the heck out of the call sheet. So, uh, you know, I like to feel like a coach when I'm out there. So when I got got my opportunity, um, you know, really wasn't too much to it. You know, just wanted to go out there and try and get a win. Fans in the stands were chanting Gino's name after he led the team on that 10 play 98 yard touchdown drive. Here were his thoughts on how it felt to be back on the field after sitting on the bench for most of his Seahawks tenure and hearing from the fans the way that he did. You know, it meant a lot. You know, the city has embraced me. Um, this team has embraced me, and I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for that. Um, you know, I, I appreciate all the fans. The, the atmosphere was just electric tonight. I mean, you could see it out there. You know, uh, every, everyone was fired up. And I really thought we had a chance, man. I thought we were going to come back and get it done. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we didn't. But uh, we'll bounce back and get better. Smith went on to talk about what motivates him to stay ready for moments like this. You know, my motivation comes from a bunch of factors. You know, my family, uh, obviously my, my son, um, and obviously just a love for the game, you know, just respecting the game. Um, you know, I've been playing this game long enough to know, you know, just, just when you think it's not going to happen is when it does. And so uh, just preparing every single time, it, it is gut-wrenching sometimes. You know, sometimes I fight back tears before the game. It's like, man, I wish I could be out there. But reality is, is you got to prepare and you got to keep preparing. And um, 
that's something that I pride myself on is being prepared and always being ready. And that goes mentally, physically and everything else. All right. Next, let's hear from Quandre Diggs about his thoughts on Gino's night. It was great. You know, I've seen Gino in action uh, multiple times. I've seen him tear, tear us up in college. So um, he's had his opportunities. He's played big time ball in the NFL before and um, he looked like it. <clears throat> so um, it's nothing, you know, what I mean, nothing that Gino did that impressed me because I know the type of work he put in and I know how he tried to kill us at practice. So um, he was ready for his moment and he took advantage of it. Just like former Texas Longhorn Quandre Diggs, Tyler Lockett got a chance to play against Geno Smith in the Big 12 during his time at Kansas State. And here's what Tyler had to say about Geno's performance. You know, when Russ went out, Geno came in and I thought Geno did an incredible job. Um, I think we were like on the what three or five yard line and he drove us all the way down there. Um, shoot, that's, he did an incredible job, man. Like he, those were big time drives that he did. Um, very patient, um, reading through everything, all his keys, man, he, he really did phenomenal. I was really happy for him. Um, told him I was proud of him, the way that he played. We all know that he could play like that and stuff like that. And when he got his opportunity, I mean, he, he, he showed out and I was just happy for him. And that's what I kept telling him. And with Gino on the field, Lockett also talked about how Russ was motivating the team from the sideline, even after his injury. Like he said, it's foreign territory, um, but I mean, he was still a leader out there, still talking to us um, as if he was out there, still being able to tell us what he saw and plays that'll be able to work. And um, he's a part of the success that we had out there, too, in the second half. And Lockett seems to be taking the loss somewhat hard, saying that he simply didn't do enough for the team in this game. Uh, I mean, you know, I got behind the defense. I just got to be able to finish. I'm on that. Even, you know, like, even though I got the penalty, I, I still want to catch the ball. <laughs> like, I don't want to go home being like, yes, I got the penalty. You know, like I, I just expect more out of myself, you know, just to be able to finish those types of plays. Um, you know, even a play last week, I just want to be able to see myself and see how great I could really be at this game before my time is done. You know what I mean? Like when I look back at my time, when I'm done playing, I want to be able to sit back and and really say that I did everything that I could possibly do. And if there's things that I need to work on, I'm willing to work on it. I'm trying to be able to see, um, I'm trying to be open in every area and not closed off. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, route running, I think I did a great job. Like I said, um, some plays just didn't go my way and that's fine. That's the game of football. But, you know, when I'm out there, I want to make sure that that I'm great in every area. And, um, you know, for me, it's just plays that happen. Like Jalen made a, a heck of a play, you know? So for me, it's like, all right, well, let's go back. Let's, let's work on being able to get out of the break. And if I can't get it, make sure I swat it down. You know, maybe I shouldn't have tried to catch it. Just little stuff like that. It's not really about beating myself up. Stuff like that's not going to happen. Um, second interception, you know, I said, Hey, I got tripped, but you know, that's still on me. I'll take that. Um, but like I said, it's just, it's just me trying to get better do what I need to do, take these couple of days off and um, reset, get myself ready for the next game. We cannot close this show without talking about Michael Dixon's double punt. Pete Carroll, and all the time that he's been around the game. And did you know Pete Carroll is 70 years old? It's amazing nobody talks about just how old Pete is. They never cover it. But in all this time that he's been around the game, he's never seen anything like it. 
I, I don't know this for sure, but that might have been one of the great plays I've ever seen a, a punter make. I mean, it's one of the great kicking plays in the history of the league. I've never seen anything. I mean, and I've been around a lot longer than you guys, and I've seen a lot of football. I've never seen that happen before. And uh, what a remarkable play it was. And then not just to kick it again, but to kick it where we kicked it and to get so much out of it. Um, and, I, and like I haven't seen, I haven't seen the film or anything. I don't know what, how close it was to being across line of scrimmage, but it was just a remarkable moment. And uh, you know, Mikey's pretty darn good football player, man. Of course, the NFL took away leaping over the line to block a field goal or an extra point attempt after the Seahawks did that a while back. Are they going to take this away too? Tyler Lockett seems to have faith in the no fun league cracking down on plays that are fun. I think so many things have happened in the game of football this year to where people are going to start making more rules because <laughs> I never knew that you can kick the ball if it gets blocked and then pick it up and kick it again. I mean, it's the same way as I don't know if a quarterback can throw it and it gets tipped and he catches it. I don't even know if he could throw it again. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, things are happening that doesn't normally happen, but I think that it'll be interesting to see what happens with the NFL and if they even say if that's possible that we can do, but that was a heck of a kick. And I was just to be able to think about that at that moment when everybody's running at you and stuff like that. I mean, Hey, he, he's ahead of the game when it comes to that as a punter. And no, Tyler, you're not allowed to throw it for a second time after a deflection when the quarterback throws the football, unless of course the first throw is backwards, I guess, but we'll see if this does have an impact on the rule book after the season. I know I thought that uh, there was going to be a penalty of some sort and we saw the official throw the flag on that play and whether or not it was because he crossed the line, he was standing there at the line of scrimmage and looked like that's what the flag was thrown for. Of course, you can't have men illegally downfield on the first punt attempt, but I guess that doesn't matter on the second one. So we'll see. It was a fun play regardless. Even if we only get to see it one time, even if they make a rule, that's probably going to be the only time that you ever see anything like that. And the way that Dixon picked up the football spinning on the ground after it was blocked, just one of those things that you, you get as someone who watches football, I get excited about things that I've never seen before. So moving on to statistical leaders from this game, Russell Wilson had the Hawks with 152 yards on 11 of 16 passing. Geno Smith also had 131 yards on 10 of 17 passing. Both quarterbacks threw one touchdown and one interception each. Alex Collins led the team in rushing with 15 carries, 47 yards. DK Metcalf, he shined in the passing game. Five catches, 98 yards, pair of touchdowns, one from each quarterback. And Tyler Lockett had five catches for 57 yards. You heard him talking about just how close he was to catching that football after he was interfered with. And if he makes that catch, it uh, adds some more yards to that stat for Tyler. And then, man, if he doesn't get run into on the play where the ball was intercepted, who knows how well Tyler Lockett. He probably goes for over 100 yards on this game. And if you're of the opinion that Tyler Lockett flopped on that play, now, in the moment, the way he went down, it did look like he was trying to sell it. But go watch Top Billin on YouTube, and he slows it down. You can see the defender's knee hit Tyler's leg, and that's what trips Tyler up, makes him fall down, and puts the defender in the position to intercept that Geno Smith pass. So check that out, or don't, because you just want to escape the pain from this loss. I understand. But moving on to defensive leaders, Jordan Brooks, he led the team with 11 tackles, five more than any other Seahawks defender. The Seahawks managed four pass deflections as a team, and Daryl Taylor recorded the Hawks' lone sack on the night. That's going to do it for this show. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. 
You can follow him on Twitter at Wilson underscore con, C-O-N-N. There's a lot to talk about and read up at fieldgoals.com. Jackson Bevins has his cigar thoughts. Mookie Alexander with his winners and losers. Even though I'm going to guess that Jamal Adams could be in the loser column for that game, he gets his own article by Mookie, and you can check that out too. We'll have injury updates as soon as they come through on Russell Wilson and his finger. Going to have to see if he can bounce back in time to keep that streak alive. His, his starting football game streak in jeopardy after this loss to the Rams. We'll have to see if he can continue that coming up as the Seahawks go on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers in week six. We're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to have more shows coming up. So stay tuned. And until next time, go Hawks. Hawks.